Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com/achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Oh, hi, friends. You are... Back once again with the Genegade Master. Prolific Twitch streamer, darling, over at twitch.tv slash Genegade Master. Currently, we're very into role-playing Grand Theft Auto. Who knew that was a direction my life would take? Anything Genegade Master related is all on genegademaster.com. Stream on Twitch. We record this podcast live over there, so if you do want to be involved in the viewer chat questions, then that's the place you need to be. Lots of stuff going on on YouTube. The video versions of No Straight Answers are now being uploaded to youtube.com slash master. Essentially, I just wanted them to be like a little extra treat for people. So regardless of whether you can only listen to the audio or whether you want something a bit more visual, and there's something there to while away the existential pandemic on Wii. So whichever your poison is, you now have got a choice. I don't want to spoil it, but when we get to Flossie's episode... There'll be a dog. And here we are at episode four of No Straight Answers. In today's episode, we speak to Flossie, who is an incredible artist um, and a wonderfully calm Twitch streamer, uh, twitch.tv slash Flossie. Possibly the direct opposite to my chaotic stream. <laughs> if you want a nice soothing stream, please go to Flossie's. In today's episode, we talk about dealing with ignorant people and being comfortable with yourself and body dysmorphia issues. 
Essentially, we've come to the conclusion that you shouldn't comment on our flesh sacks. In this podcast, Floss talks about creating some artwork for John Robertson or Robotron, as he's known better on Twitch, uh, for their charity stream. That's already happened, and it actually raised an incredible £37,195.50p, which is amazing. Um, settle in for this one. I find Floss really, really insightful, um, and they've been really good about teaching me to give less of a shit, which is something we could all do with, I think. Enjoy. So this is No Straight Answers. Uh, this is the podcast where I like to talk to people in the LGBT plus community, see where they're coming from, see what their opinions are. If there's anything really big, want to get off their chest, they're very welcome to. Um, my name is Jen, also known as Jenna Gade Master, and I am a cis queer woman. With me today is an absolute fucking legend. An absolute legend of twitch who i love very very much and i'm going to bring them up right now and this is <laughs> hello to flossy hello to jenna game master only. i, I was wondering wondered if you were going to do that because i was going to go hello to flossy only <laughs> <laughs> hello course, my it's like love. the one thing i have i gotta do it it's my best, right? <laughs> Get it's it. It's my brand and I stole it from somebody else. So like classic. <laughs> Who did you steal it from? Oh, um, I say this every time Egglex is in the chat. Senior Matukan is another streamer. Uh, they did it to me once. So I've just started doing it to everybody all the time. Okay. But that's common knowledge. It's common knowledge that it's stolen. Okay. That's, that's <laughs> fine. Everyone in chat is just realizing that now, in which case. As I'm long canceled. as it's credited, I think it's probably all right, right? <laughs> Do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself, Floss? Oh, gosh. Uh, okay. Um, turned 30 last year. Um, had a great time with my birthday doing it on stream. Moved here from Australia just before the pandemic. I have a dog who is eight years old and I love him very much. Um, always been a gay, just recently allowed to be a gay, which is great. Um and I'm just super happy to be here. What kind of stuff? I'm very bad at giving, like, summaries. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, let's kick off with that then. You say that you've only recently been allowed to be a full gay? <laughs> Is that? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, outwardly, yeah. So um, I, uh, in Australia, growing up, like, friendship groups and family and things, there was obviously, like, there's a blanket of assumed heterosexuality for everyone mm -hmm. um but then there was always like a lot of um so we're compulsory heterosexuality within like my friend groups and within my family um any queerness that I showed um like my mum used to tell me that all queerness all gay things about me I was just making up to do for attention wow. um which I internalized a lot and still really struggle with um, I still spend every single day wondering whether or not I'm just pretending, which makes me feel, yeah, it's really shit. Um, but yeah, within friendship groups, I think because a lot of the people that I were friends with were sort of either uneducated or not interested or scared or just bigoted, um, I first started like asking questions to friends because I guess that's where like your um comfortable space is um and I remember having a conversation with someone who was uh self-proclaimed as my best friend at the time where I said I don't know whether I feel comfortable using she her pronouns um and I think I'd like to use other pronouns 
Mm. Um, and her answer was, oh, no, you can't do that because you're not trans. Like, you're obviously a girl, so you have to use she, her pronouns. Wow. Um, which I know now is not true, but, like, that's all I had. So I'm still sort of working my way through what is what what I think is true and isn't true and what I haven't asked yet because I don't think I'm allowed to ask those things. Mm. So, yeah, I mean, I'm still kind of working it all out. But I think that um, the pandemic has been really good because it's meant that I can sort of, um, I've never been part of the queer community before and I've got to be part of the queer community in a really massive way Mm because it's been online and I can meet so many different gays from so many different places and, like, the discourse is really friendly and open and like productive and it's just been a fucking dream it's been amazing i gotta say i identify with that recently so (laughs) hard i mean the stuff about pretending because it's like you know i was straight for like 30 years and similar situation really in that my parents always said things that made you feel like it wasn't okay to be that way. And mm. this thing about, am mm. I really, am I really gay? Am I proper gay? You know, I've, I've been with so many men. Yeah, How can I, I possibly gay? be gay? Um, so it's like, I'm still I figuring that out. Self, I think, yeah. And it's like a self, um, I don't know. I feel like it's a manifestation of my internalized homophobia as well, mm-hmm. which is like, really aggressive towards me and doesn't manifest itself elsewhere which is great but like I am I gay enough like I'm definitely not gay enough (laughs) to be in this space I'm not gay enough to like try and do that label I'm not gay enough to have this conversation with this person like it's just this constant all over um 100% yeah it's hard to know I mean I guess it's yeah different for everyone I think it's particularly hard when you're um AFAB Mm -hmm. and you spend your whole life like a a non-bland sexuality is if you were assigned female at birth Mm. and so people do think that you're making it up because it's something that other people like consume yeah and so it does it sort of feels like it's a way that you get attention because it's something that other people see as a commodity as opposed to like you are who you are. Have you ever come across um it's a Google doc called the Lesbian Master Doc? No. I will one hundred percent send you a link after and for everybody else I will put <laughs> that in the Discord. Basically it really, really helped me. So when I started questioning and I wasn't sure what was happening, it's actually the first time I came across the term compulsory heterosexuality. Because mm-hmm. it's it's called Am I a Lesbian? <laughs> and it's got this whole list of things in it. Like, you know, you might have felt like this. You might have just gone out with men because they were nice. And you might have um, felt like you weren't gay enough because you didn't see any. You weren't a butch lesbian and you weren't too femme and all of this stuff. So you didn't see anybody you identified yeah. with, et cetera, et cetera. And it talks about compulsory heterosexuality further down the list. And everything I read was hitting some sort of point with me. And I was like, oh, well, we're definitely not straight. I mean, this just confirms it. I don't know what we are, but we're not straight. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah. I think it's, yeah. I, I don't know. Are there any resources like that for people who are pansexual or bisexual? Because I think that's another element as well. Mm. Like, it's hard to sort of, because that's another thing. I'm currently dating somebody who was historically straight. Right. Um, and like outwardly visually 
others would perceive us as a straight couple Mm -hmm. but like what's actually happened is it turns out that the person I'm dating is gay because I'm not a cis female yeah um like my partner uses he him pronouns for me most of the time like Mm -hmm. I use all pronouns but like it totally depends on the relationship I have with the person with what I'm comfortable with but that's not that's not like people don't realize that I have a superpower to make them gay they just (laughs) think that my sexuality is so flimsy that I might be straight if I'm in yeah a relationship with somebody who is an outie as opposed to an innie it's wild (laughs) it's fucking wild Uh, that's incredible I just feel like there should be more recognition for um an like gender fluid pansexual Mm. person and their ability to I do feel like if there, was a, if there was a master doc for that, like especially pansexuality and bisexuality, I think it would help a lot. I mean, the master doc mm. that's the lesbian one does actually, it is trans inclusive. So there is a section in there right. about whether um, some of the things you might be feeling are because you are trans rather than anything else. So it's like, you know, you think that you're a woman, maybe you're a straight man, for example, instead. It's like it goes yeah. into that kind yeah. of level. So awesome. I think it's really special. I mean, it would be great if there was more bi and pan stuff, I think. I guess it's always great if there's more, but, like, mm. you got to feel safe about putting it out there and writing it and knowing that it's going to go to the right people because mm-hmm. there's nothing worse than, like, pouring yourself out and trying to offer a resource for others and then having it, like, um, stolen and ruined. Yeah. You know, I think that's what makes it really hard for a lot of people to be comfortable being out and, like, offering knowledge. yeah i mean it feels a lot like because i came out so late it feels a lot like the people that went before me did so much stuff to make me okay with it oh yeah 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 i've got fuck all to do like i've got a sweet smooth ride so let's talk about labels then so something i have really agonized over and it was quite helpful talking to rebel who was also saying that they weren't entirely sure what the label was and maybe that was okay um like from my perspective i think if you have a label it can be helpful to find other resources and things like that and find your people Mm -hmm. almost Mm -hmm. but do you Mm -hmm. think it's necessary to have one i don't think it's necessary but i do think it is important to know that whatever label you choose to use isn't permanent Mm -hmm. if you don't want it to be permanent I think that one thing that I've only recently learned and obviously like there's no hard and fast rules. There's no rules at all. And there's like other people will have different perspectives and expectations for the community and what brings you in the community and what you can do with the community and whatever makes them feel safe. Um, But like any, like things are transient and the entire point of being gay is being like able to, like because that's something that you have to work out yeah it's not something that you're allowed to like learn it's something that you have to work out for yourself I think that it's everyone should always expect that whatever information you're getting from a gay person is um factual for when you speak to them but not something that you can like bring up if it changes yeah Yeah, like for instance I also only very recently started like living as a gay person and like all the things that I'm feeling and all the things that I'm expressing now, like 
are very much 100% what's in my heart, but I also am only just finding out about things. So it could be Mm. that I, you know, gain some knowledge six months down the track and realize that, you know, the labels that I have given myself that I felt comfortable with aren't actually correct. And so it changes. Yeah. Um, I don't think it's necessary to have a label. Nobody should require for you to justify yourself in any way by giving a label. Like a label is something that you can use a resource as a resource to help other people understand you. Mm. Um, it's sort of like a shorthand. And if there's no shorthand that works for you, then like it's totally up to you whether or not you use the energy to explain yourself to people that you don't care about (laughs) or if you just expect others to step up to the plate and be like like you can't you know you just need to I think that it should be more of an expectation not on somebody to choose a label but for the people around them to recognize that they don't fucking yeah like have any right to need that information from another person Mm. do you find that so my answer is Yes and no. (laughs) (laughs) Do you find that people are quite guilty of assuming things, like assuming your sexuality, sexuality, assuming your sexuality, assuming your gender, all that kind of stuff? Like, how do you deal with it? Oh, anyone who's going to assume my gender, anyone who's going to assume my sexuality is just so boring and I don't care. Like anybody who I've met, honestly, it just makes me like it's so boring. Like if I meet somebody who comes up to me and like, oh my god, you're such a beautiful girl, it's so nice to meet you. What are you and your husband doing? Like that's sorry, that's just a projected voice. That's what the annoying voice in my head is. I think I know them. Sorry. (laughs) But my response isn't like, oh, you've triggered me. My response is like, oh, you're so sad. Mm. That's such a boring way to live. Care. Like Mm -hmm. I don't care. It's just boring. I love that. Like if it's somebody that I care about and they, so for instance, obviously it's difficult when you're meeting people online and like you're, especially through a pandemic, because all of my friends I've met through Twitch, Mm -hmm. um, it's that weird sort of your friendship moves at light speed and at a snail's pace at the same time. So you really, really get to know a lot of elements of people very, very quickly, but you're missing a lot of information to branch things together. Mm -hmm. So like I have like, such incredible love for so many people that I've met online like I will fight to the death for so many people that I've met in the past year and I adore (laughs) everything about them but there's so many like blank spaces in our books that we know about each other so if it's that kind of situation yeah and somebody makes an assumption like for instance um being gender fluid and using all, all different pronouns if somebody who I love very much uses she her pronouns exclusively for me Mm. and I want to sort of like let them in on their hey that pronoun's totally fine but I actually feel like it's a little bit more you know loving if you use these pronouns in this situation that's how those pronouns make me feel in that situation blah 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 like if I want to put that effort in it's because it's I want to feel closer to that person yeah so I've sort of I don't know I guess it's I'm really lucky in the situation that I'm in because anyone else's lack of knowledge makes me feel like like I can weaponize my ability to let people know me Mm -hmm. and if you don't know me and you're going to use the wrong pronouns and make the wrong assumptions then like you just don't get to be a part of it oh man that's so strong so I'm really I, I think I'm quite lucky that I can sort of put it that way but I don't think that I would have been able to 
like I'm only just now having to go out and justify myself in the real life, in the real world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, no, I don't know how that's going to feel when I have to justify myself in front of others mm. in real life, you know, <laughs> but at the moment it's just boring. You're boring. Why are you so boring? <laughs> I mean, I certainly got more interesting when I started accepting the queerness in there. It's way more fun. <laughs> I was well, yeah, I was well yeah, dull as a straight also... person. <laughs> <laughs> I think it also shows like a certain dullness to just assume that to just make assumptions about other people it doesn't have to be about their sexuality and gender mm. I just think it's really dull to make assumptions about people yeah. no matter what it is so like you know fine you can be dull I don't mind well let's talk about twitch family then as you touched on it um I feel like uh -huh. this year I feel exactly the same as you there are people that I've met that I oh. would die for Hello to whiskey. Uh -huh. Yeah. <laughs> um, like there are people that I'm so close to that I feel like I care about them more than I than people I've known for like 30 years, you know. Um, yeah. It's also brought me into connection with a lot more queer people. Have you found yeah. the same sort of thing? I feel like very, very few people are as straight as they claim to be. <laughs> I think that people live in the space that they're safe with. Um, and if people are safe living in a strictly het like cis het space then that's what they feel safe in and if they're being like if they're kind and they're open-minded then that's totally great but I don't actually think that cisgendered heterosexuality is the majority I think that it's just the force like what what's forced on people um I also feel and this is a com everything I'm saying is completely uneducated and just my opinion <laughs> but it is my opinion that people it's your opinion that I want so it's fine yeah. <laughs> um, it's my opinion that people who I love who stream and people who I have met in the communities and spaces that I feel safe in um, are very rarely rigidly straight. Mm. So I think that it's like, you know, like welcomes in like and everyone that I've met is gay or gay adjacent. Like the LGBTQIA plus community is like awful encompassing it's just whether or not you choose to be a positive part of the community um so I've just met so many gays and so many like at so many different levels it's the same okay so I tell people that I love them and I genuinely mean it mm. and like I tell people that I've ever met in real life from my chat that I love them and I genuinely mean that I love them <laughs> with all of my heart but there's so many different levels of love so I feel comfortable doing that and I never feel uncomfortable telling someone I love them because there's a difference between the love I have for my partner and the love I have for you. Like, I love you very much. And both of those things are true. And yet, like the existence of both of those things doesn't affect the other. And I think it's the same way between like the existence of outwardly very gay people being around people who are straight like I think that sexuality doesn't need to be split into two different parties. I think that it just like everybody is their sort of thing. And I think you sort of, instead of separating it into cis straight people and gay people, it's sort of more into loving, wonderful people and cunts. <laughs> and there are a lot of historically straight or future gays or straight people mm -hmm. who are in the loving group 
it's um, it's really interesting that you say that they're gay because they're part of the community you know it's fascinating that you said the thing about the love because i find that this year in particular i've very much been down that route where i will tell people like in this community that i love them and i genuinely yeah. mean it like it's like i do yeah. Do I want to date you? Probably not, but I'm, I I'm adore you. There exactly. is a difference. Exactly. Love doesn't have to be a scary thing. Like love doesn't mean that I expect anything back from you. Mm. It's just me trying to express to you, like you really matter to me and you matter as a huge part of my life. And like, just because I tell all my friends that I love them, doesn't mean that that love means any less. It just means that I actually genuinely yeah. love you all. And I want you to know that. And like I genuinely feel it in my soul as well when I say to yeah. like my friends I love you. It's like I genuinely feel feel it when I say it, you know? Yeah. And I think having a sort of like gayness as a concept, I think has a lot to do with um accepting vulnerability within yourself and like using it as good. And I think accepting a kind of vulnerability that comes along with telling people that you've just met that you love them um, and accepting the fact that yes we have been trained that to tell somebody you love them before you've known them for 10 years and you're married <laughs> like makes you fucking crazy obsessed like just obsessed with Lou yeah like, to be okay with facing the potential for somebody to panic and being like open and honest with your feelings I think that's like heaps gay yeah that's a great gay thing mm. it makes you totally gay yeah, this has really opened me up in that way, I think, because I think for a long time, yeah. like, I mean, it's no secret I was in an abusive marriage, basically. So after that finished, I had so many walls up. It was unbelievable. And I struggled yeah. to let people in. Yeah. And then this year, it's like I just feel so open and so receptive to stuff. And I'm more in touch with my yeah. feelings. And I've met other people that are in touch with their feelings. And it's like, oh, you're actually pretty cool. <laughs> and I'm all right with it. Yeah. And it's like scary when it first starts happening. But mm. I think once you open yourself up to love and you're more giving with your love and you understand that there's different kinds of love, mm. it's also like you become in a way slightly more bulletproof than you were before. Because if you really mm. protect that and you give it out, it can be crushing if it's not received yeah. in the right way. Oh, yeah. But if oh, yeah. you tell people like if you tell people you love them when it isn't that ultimate love mm. if you also like if you can just express yourself a bit more it makes you more vulnerable and more resilient at the same time that's that's so spot on it's so spot on because it's just like as you say it's it's when it starts happening it was terrifying to realize that that was what was happening and yeah. i was being more receptive to stuff but then it's like this whole thing about do you know what as as a mate, I do genuinely love you, and it's fine to tell yeah. you that because even if you exactly. you have no interest in being my friend, so so what? It's still a nice thing, and I've yeah. put it out into the universe. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. It's saying it and not expecting anything back. Hmm. Um, love shouldn't you should never expect you should never expect something back when you love somebody. Do you That's think that people are now a little bit more receptive to this idea of pretty much everybody being on the gay spectrum? Like I'm seeing more and more of people sort of going, well, even though I'm 100% straight, there's probably someone of the opposite of the same sex that would change, change turn my head or whatever. Do you think there's more of that? I... Or am I, I just hanging to out with too yes. many queer people? <laughs> I would love to say yes, but I think it, I see. I think that this is this is what I think 
is giving me so much joy at the moment and is making me feel like I'm so at home mm. is because I'm so throwing myself into allowing myself to be gay <laughs> that I'm spending so much time in gay spaces and I'm spending all of my free time with like-minded people and when you're with wonderful people and you're going through this journey everyone is so supportive and so wonderful and so gorgeous that I think that you become at risk of expecting that from everybody. Yeah. yeah and I yeah. think that it's important to remember that, like, I really, really want that to be true. But I also know that the only reason why I feel like that might be the case is because I'm privileged enough mm. to be living that reality. I don't think it's the reality for everyone. Yeah. Luckily, it's the reality for me right now. But I, that's just because of my privilege. Yeah. I, like it's still really dangerous to be gay. It's still really dangerous to be trans. Mm -hmm. Like it's still really dangerous to be outside of the cishet circle in so many places. But that doesn't mean that like I guess a way to look at that that isn't so heartbreaking is that, oh, okay, well, that's fine. It just means that any space that I'm in and any space that my people are in is a safe space. Yeah. And we do everything we can to include all of the LGBTQIA rainbow, including our disabled friends, including our mm -hmm. like questioning friends, including our, you know, anyone who is an outsider is part of the LGBTQIA community, in my opinion. And mm. I think that the fact that the fact that we can sort of live in that reality, because I agree with you, I've experienced the same thing. Everybody that I know and everybody who I spend my time with, like my partner, yeah. when we started dating. Like they said to me without, sorry, he said to me without prompting that like, oh, I, you know, turns out I'm not straight, mm. which was such a gorgeous thing. Mm. And it made me so fucking happy. But I, uh, yeah, I don't think everyone's as lucky for that. Yeah. And it's also in terms of your partner, it's kind of their thing as well, isn't it? It's not for anybody else to decide what exactly. that label is. It's for them to come it's to that realisation and say, oh, well, actually... Yeah. I didn't have complete data beforehand and now yeah. I know stuff. Exactly. It's complete data. It's complete data. And mm -hmm. that's exactly the same reason why like labels can change. Mm -hmm. And yeah. I, I do think they do. It's like, I think that's why I've agonized over it for so many years. Cause it's just like nothing that I settled on felt right. And it's yeah. like, do you know what? It can change. It probably, probably doesn't matter. Yeah. It can change. Super doesn't matter. Like, just put your mouth on whoever wants you to put their mouth on them. Like, just like consensually just get wet. Just kiss get whoever wet you want to kiss. Time. That's all that matters, right? As long as they want to pass you back, just have a wet time. That's what you need. Can we talk about then? Because we touched on it, but I don't know that we explained it enough for people that don't know what it is. Um, can we talk about what compulsory heterosexuality is? Um. In my experience and my understanding of compulsive heterosexuality, it is basically the name for the fact that I was born as an innie and so was told that I was a female, raised as a female, done female things, been given female opportunities, and as a female I definitely date people who are outies and those people are lame, lame males and so 
anytime I'm out with friends and I have a conversation with somebody who presents as a male, that then means that we will start dating because I am a female, they are a male, and we are both straight people who aren't in relationships and Mm. it just is how it is. And it's like just the assumption of, it's like that question whenever you go to the family dinner and like your grandparents are like, oh, have you got a boyfriend yet? It's that question. Yeah. It's the like, for me, compulsory heterosexuality is the knowledge that in my family's eyes, I'm not whole unless I am married to a man. Mm-hmm. Compuls- like Compulsory heterosexuality is the reason why my mother calls me and says that if there's nuclear war, I have to move home but my two other sisters don't have to do it because they have husbands and therefore nuclear bombs won't be a problem for them. Wow. Okay. Like (laughs) compulsive heterosexuality is, I think it's the reason why so many people in our thirties start realizing, oh, wait, I am gay. And Mm. I've been thinking that I'm gay for a long time, but other people are telling me that I'm not because compulsive heterosexuality tells them that I can't be yeah I can't be gay I have to be straight and I think it's a reason why it's a reason why people feel repressed it's the reason why you know it's the reason why it's so difficult for trans people to have access to healthcare and to feel safe is because everybody who makes the rules and assigns the budgets and like has access to offering that care are also living a compulsive heterosexuality Mm. lifestyle and they're not allowed to explore themselves and so they grow this fear of what is outside of heterosexuality and manifest that fear in trying to attack people who don't exist within that compulsory space that they've been put in Mm. in my opinion i know and i think from my perspective as well is this it's this whole societal thing which is like I look a certain way, therefore, mm-hmm. straight woman, easy. Um, it touches mm-hmm. on something I wanted to address as well, which was about um, catalysts. Um, so they have the thing called a catalyst, which is where you sort of come across somebody that makes you go, oh, shit, hold on, not a straight person. And I mm-hmm. think from that perspective, that's what really helped me is the fact that I've never seen anybody that was like me because I was a certain way. I wasn't like proper femme and I wasn't proper butch. So I was somewhere in the middle. And it was like, all mm. of those women, they were all straight. That's just how that is. Yep. You're all going to get married to yep. a man. You're all going to have lots of babies. Mm. Lovely. Because that's how that's how the world works and that's how it should be. Yeah. Um, and that's but, what's in all media. Yeah, absolutely. It's this whole thing about shoving it on kids. It's like, well, stop pushing heterosexuality on kids would be my yeah, suggestion. Because exactly. <laughs> exactly. it fucks us all up. Yeah. Um, but in terms of my catalysts, I think the first people I ever saw is there are some YouTubers called Rose and Rosie. And they are a married mm-hmm. couple. One is bisexual, um, who is now saying that she's pansexual. And one is a lesbian. Mm-hmm. And both of them look like me. Both of them do. Mm-hmm. And it was like, I watched them talking. And I thought, oh, actually, it is okay to look this way and not be a straight person. Yeah. And then Demi Lovato, mm-hmm. who will go on to the... The non-binary thing on top of that. But even before that, <laughs> when they released Call for the Summer, it had this big backlash from the queer community going, oh, she, like they're just treating it like it's, um, you know, a, a sort of summer thing or whatever. And I was like, no, no, that song's not for you. That's for people like me going, what the fuck is happening? Because I was like, do you know yeah. what? I highly identify with that. 
And yeah. then, of course, they're now non-binary. Yeah, it's those sort of reactions that I think make people feel like they're not gay enough. Yeah. It's those sort of reactions to something like, oh, well, this isn't exactly as gay as I think it should be. Sorry, this isn't like um, uh, encompassing a stereotype that I want it to or I'm interpreting this with my, you know, film of trauma that I've had to deal with and it makes me feel this way and therefore it's not gay enough. Yep. Like, you know? And I think there's an I aspect there's different... of not gay enough where it was like, um, for example, when I came out to my parents, it was just like stunned silence pretty much because it was like, it's probably just a phase. What's, what's this? Yeah. You don't look like a gay yeah. person. So, and I mean, yeah. you've never dated ladies, therefore, clearly. <laughs> yeah. I don't even know if I've actually come up to my parents. I told my parents that I was dating um, a woman and my mother was like, you're just doing it for attention. Wow, and dude. like, I've just stopped telling her anything about my life. Just stopped telling her anything. Um, and so then I sad. briefly, when I moved over here, was dating somebody who was non-binary. Um, and every time... Like I ended up having to tell my mother that I was dating this person because I was going to go stay at their house. And my mother like calls me at any moment of the day. And if I don't answer, then she panics and freaks out. And it's just horrible. <laughs> um, so I had to tell her where I was going. Um, and because my partner was non-binary, like and my, I'm, my, my mother just felt like she deserved a trophy every time they got my partner's pronouns right. And it's like, no, you don't deserve a trophy for doing what you're supposed to do like I'm not proud of you for using their right pronouns I told you what their pronouns were mm. I super don't care that you're getting it right you should be getting it right yeah I don't care and so like I've just sort of ever since that oh you're just making it up I think I've always had a really complicated so I think that my mom deep down knows that I'm gay yeah and I don't think she likes it and that's why she has that's why she sort of cuts it off whenever the relation, whenever the coming, because she doesn't want to have the fight because she knows that I will very happily just never talk to her again. Wow, and dude. so she doesn't want to lose what relationship we have. Like, I don't want to lose what relationship I have with my mother, but like, I'm not going to stand for it. Mm. Like I'm also avoiding the issue because I think that's where it's going to go. So I've never really come out to my mother, although I know she knows that I'm not straight. But all that does is make her really aggressively push heterosexuality onto me. Jesus. Which is fine. Like, that's why I moved. Yeah. Like, it's got some space between it and it's totally fine. It's just like people deal with things in different ways. I don't know if and they realise how much they push people away, though. It's like... No, Because there, there are don't. aspects of... Like, I know full well that my parents are claiming that they're fine with whatever partner I bring home next. But I know full well mm. that if it's a woman, there's going to be this, like, oh, we thought you were joking aspect to it, I think. Mm. And mm. it makes me really cautious about what's going to happen next. Because it's like... I've got a decent relationship with them, but equally, I also have to make my own bloody choices. Right. See, it doesn't make me cautious. It just means that they don't get the privilege to know anymore. Mm. That's where I sort of went with it. I'm not saying that's like not the healthy way to go about it. I'm not <laughs> recommending that anybody does that. That is not healthy. It's just like, it just meant that, oh, well, you just don't get to know. And when you find out, yeah. you'll have always known anyway. 
And yeah. like, if you don't, if you're not going to be positive in my life, then you're not going to be part of the important parts of my life. Mm. It, it ties in with something Rebel said. To do when you have- yeah, I think it's something that ties in with what Rebel said in that, you know, essentially people, it's a privilege for people to be in your life, essentially. And exactly. if they can't be bothered to treat you as you are, then fuck them, I guess. I think that's a great thing to remember for both sides of it. It's a privilege for other people to be in your life. And it's like a privilege to really know a person. Mm. And that goes both ways. It means that like I should be able to expect respect from everybody who comes across my way, Mm -hmm. which means I also owe it to everybody. It's important to see like both sides of it. And I think that it's so easy to say that though. Yeah. It's so easy to say that. And it's so easy for me to like, I think I implement it where it counts. Um, But the smaller battles that I don't fight, like for instance, the people who are in my chat and make me feel like shit and I don't just ban them because they haven't done something that I think is bad enough or like that the mods don't think is bad enough. Mm. You're like, oh, can I? Because that wasn't really that bad. Like it's those situations that make it difficult to implement. And I think that's when people feel the most unsafe as well. Rebel's response to uh, that was, want to cross these boundaries, in that case, bye, bitch. (laughs) Yeah. No, I know. I really need to get better at that. I really need to get better at that. And it's like, it's so easy to like say those things and to know that they're true and to say it to each other and like agree with each other that it's true. Yeah, yeah. Um so hard to implement it in every way you know oh 100 percent. there have been people that i've really easy to do it there's been people i've dithered over banning before because it was like you haven't Mm. entirely crossed a boundary but you're getting close and it's Mm. been like like people i've then gone on to ban and gone i've agonized over it you just feel like well no because if there's something about what their behavior made you feel uncomfortable so you just don't need that in your life yeah and like any of the people, the people who I don't ban that I want to ban, like I still want to ban them and I still haven't banned them. It's not like they just needed a chance to learn and mm. I'm going to be the good person and give them this amazing experience where they can grow and not be a cunt yeah. anymore. Like, no, this will fucking suck. But I've just left it for so long now that like <laughs> I still feel like a dick if I do it. Turn, anyway, turn off your ban fun. appeal thing. Turn that off and then just go, I reckon, <laughs> fuck it. Because then they can't whinge. Before we carry on, I just want to say to chat, if you've got any questions, please feel free to pop them up and I will look at them. Um, Sam Jam and Dizen have got some interesting points. It says, your stream is your space. If you don't want someone in in it, they get gone. Don't need any reason other than you don't want them to be there. And Sam Jam says, stream is like your living room. I don't feel like that's true. Do you not? For me. Is it not your space? My stream is a, it's not my space. My stream is a safe space for my people. Yeah. Stream isn't my space. I don't own it. Like, I don't make it alone. I don't do the tech alone. Like, I can't do it without the other people who are in it. Mm-hmm. My my stream isn't my space. My stream is a space for people. I don't feel that. See, that I think that's what my problem is. I don't feel like it's my stream. I do a stream and it's like our thing collectively. I wouldn't have it. Mm. if it was just me and so it's not mine i 100% identify with that and like i think i've i've touched on it before where i've said that 
For me, the way I look at it is I've got a responsibility to people that are in that chat. So if somebody comes in who's an absolute dickhead and they're throwing homophobic shit around or whatever, then it's mm. on me to get that person gone. Because if, mm. if you're in that community, I've seen it before where I've literally gone into somebody else's stream before because I like to find new people on Twitch. And yeah. sometimes I just sit there and see what the community's like before I get involved. And there yeah. was a guy who was in there and he had two people in his chat that were just throwing out the most sexist shit imaginable. And yeah. because he was obviously worried about the numbers and that's how it came across, I'm sorry, he was not addressing it. He was just trying to like fence it with it all. And I was thinking, do you know what? This feels like an incredibly unsafe place for me to be. I have got no interest in being in this community, even though you seem like a nice guy. The fact that you're refusing mm. to deal with that to me is a massive red flag. But that's, yeah, that's somebody that I would feel comfortable banning. I think that's somebody you would feel comfortable banning as well. Mm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And so that's, yeah, that's not a problem. When it's obvious that they're a piece of shit, it's not a problem. But when it's something that's just made me specifically feel uncomfortable, if it's just my problem, I don't know. I think it's got a lot to do with, um, probably got a lot to do with my, like, just rampant self-loathing and internalized homophobia. I was going like, to say, I would stick up for a yeah. Do, when do, it sounds like a self-esteem I thing. Mod, I think yeah. When people misbehave in streams that I mod, I'm never shy to ban yeah. someone. Yeah, yeah, ever, ever, absolutely. Like when my my partner streamed the other day and someone came in and said that they um that oh, your shoulders look nice i'd like to sit on them i was like yeah 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 shoulders are great can confirm it's a good seat fuck off like it was just straight away but like i don't know because you can do that but you can do that for the people that you love because you know how you feel about them mm. but i don't i mean i think that there's i think that there's still a lot of work to do in like liking myself yeah I feel that. I'm not like, I'm not really a love yourself kind of person. Mm. It's just to have like a positive, I really want, and like I need to keep, I'm, I'm still working on every day having like a positive relationship with myself. Yeah. Um, and I think that's why it's so hard. It feels like something that cropped up because I have also been through therapy. Hooray for therapy. <laughs> um, for, a, for a similar reason, just that I, everyone else's opinion was more important than how I felt about stuff. And mm -hmm. I think there is an aspect of that where you're looking at yourself and thinking, well, I, I'm dubious about it on the basis that I, you know, I feel it. Therefore, it's not as important as if someone else felt it. And I think a lot of that is about just trusting in you. Like if you feel uncomfortable, that's enough. It doesn't need any extra mm. level to it. It's like it's your choice. Yeah. Um, question from PK Party slash Chill, which is yes. an excellent username. I think we can all agree. Love PK. <clears throat> yes. I love PK. How do you deal with spaces where you can't leave and aren't in control, e.g. work? Personally, I don't think I could let work know about the real me, which is a bit sad. Mm. Um, my work doesn't know about the real me. I think that it totally depends on what your work is, because if your work is a personality thing um and you find yourself pretending to be somebody else then I think that that's such a difficult thing to work with mm. and it's a hard thing to work out and it like it's it's based on so many different factors but I just don't take certain elements of myself to work 
there's just certain parts of me that don't exist when I'm at work and like my work a lot of people at my work still use my dead name um and everyone at work just uses them pronouns um but I just don't like I've had the conversation once and it wasn't picked up and so I just don't care I just don't care sounds exhausting because I don't take those elements of myself to work it's fine I mean I think I think that it's only fine because I've owned like I've I've done that for 29 years Mm. I'm only like there's there's a much smaller part of my life where I get to be myself it still feels quite precious and special and so for the people who are a part of it they're precious and special and the people who aren't a part of it are just a part of the rest of my life because it has been the rest of my life that it's been like that yeah it's been it's been every day with every single person up until September of 2019 every like it just was and so it's not difficult for me because I just compartmentalize it it's all compartmentalized and like I've been to a lot of therapy and I know that compartmentalizing isn't good Mm. for a lot of things and I use it. um, I definitely do it in a negative way for a lot of things. Yeah. Um, But I think therapy is an ongoing journey and it's something that, you know, is just a staple in my life all the time. And it's always something to work through. I think that if it's making you feel if you're if you're noticing that you're not bringing all of yourself to work and you want to mm-hmm. that's when you make the change okay. but if you're noticing that you're not bringing all of yourself to work and you don't feel safe doing that battle and you just don't have the energy to have to justify yourself in the place yeah like it doesn't have to, it's not all like it's not up to you to just justify your existence in every fucking space it's not up to you. It's just not like if people like if you don't feel comfortable doing it, you don't owe it to anyone to do it. Mm. You don't owe that. If you don't want to do it, you don't have to do it. And I think if you want to do it and you don't feel comfortable doing it, then you need to go to a new workplace. Yeah. There's definitely like a safety aspect, isn't there? To yeah, it. exactly. Exactly. And safety doesn't have to mean that you feel like physically unsafe Mm. or like physically um, threatened. It can be really unsafe to have to justify your existence every day. And so if you let somebody in on an element of yourself and then you feel like you have to justify it every time, like if I were to go to my work and say, look, this person, this person and this person keep using my dead name, it's making me really uncomfortable. I've had a conversation with them. Um, to then have to justify the fallout from the bosses having the conversation with them and like justify why I've caused this drama because it's just a name and like I don't have the emotional capacity to do that like that's going to hurt me so much more and that's going to be really 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 triggering and that's Mm going to set me so far back because I already worry that I have to justify everything and yeah. I have to justify my gayness. I don't want to have to do that in another space. And so I just don't. And like, I'm allowed to not do that if I don't want to. Mm. I mean, it's, it's really and interesting. It doesn't, mean that, 
It's really interesting that you say that. I think that it's sort of like, I mean, yeah, I, I do really understand where Agent PK is coming from as well, because you shouldn't ever, like, I don't want that to be like a role model for other people. Like, oh, mm. you shouldn't bring that element of yourself to work. Yeah. But the problem is that you're not in control of all the aspects. And like one person cannot defeat the bigotry of everyone else. Yeah. It doesn't have to be down to you. I think like I from, from my perspective, like I, I think it's really interesting for you to phrase it in that way. Because from my perspective, when I first started questioning, I wasn't, I was in a place where people had known me for like a decade and Ooh. it started to become really exhausting to have this whole like super secret thing hanging over me to come into work Ooh. and still pretend to be like, oh, la la la, still a straight person, still a, still a cishet. And it just became like this huge weight. So when I started telling people that, do you know what? What I thought previously isn't necessarily true. I don't know that, what that means for me yet. I can't give you a label. And maybe mm. I was trying to explain myself to people in the way that you shouldn't. But equally, the fact that people mm. knew that that was an aspect, it suddenly felt like I'm not hiding anything anymore. And I feel yeah. way more relaxed about it. Absolutely. And I think there's also a difference between, like, I don't feel like I hide anything. Mm. I just don't bother with the battles. So, like, people at work use my real name. And so it's not that these other people don't know. It's not these other people. It's not that I'm like hiding an element of myself to these other people that don't have the same courtesy. It's just that they are constantly making a choice not to be a good person. Mm -hmm. And I'm not going to fight that fucking battle. Like I don't, it's not up to me. That's not yeah. my problem. That's a you problem. I feel like it would be really, really like when I, when I was at my, um, one of my last jobs in Australia before I left is just the absolute worst workplace in the world. And there was like, absolutely, you were not allowed to be gay. Like I used to get diet sent to me because I was like, you're not allowed to be fat. Like if you weren't a size six straight white woman, your experience in that company was absolute hell. Wow, and dude. like that was such a horrible draining place mm. to be it was disgusting but the only way to deal with that was to leave because it's not my job yep. to change the ethos and practice of an entire company it's not my job and so I left mm. I left after eight years like I don't deserve any like trophies or awards <laughs> or anything it took me eight years and I was fucking miserable and like it took me to the edge mm. like it was it like I only left because it was either that or just not waking up anymore like it, I don't deserve any trophies for that but like it's not up to you to change mm -hmm. it's not up to you to change other people it's this old argument, isn't it, about, like, if you're the only queer person that somebody knows, it's like they will come to you with every question and ultimately it's not your job to teach them everything about the queer community because there'll be stuff you don't know either. It's like it's on them to go and do their own bloody research. Exactly. It's the same thing for the black community. It's the same thing for all minorities. If you have somebody who, 
like if you want to ask somebody questions the first question you need to ask is hey can i please like ask for some of your time mm. can i ask to use up some of your time can i ask you some questions about personal things can i get some free advice from you um, yeah. and if the answer is no your response still needs to be hey thanks so much for that i really appreciate it and you just go somewhere else mm-hmm. or you go on the internet like i'm really 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 happy to answer questions from my point of view yeah for friends very rarely is it a positive situation where i have a fucking stranger come up to me and be like oh what are you gay or something mm. and i'll be like yep and i fucked your mum like it's <laughs> never going to work out well <laughs> But yeah, it can be really, it can be really exhausting, especially when, again, you feel like you have to justify yourself in those questions. Like if those questions make you feel like you have to prove something. Yeah. It feels like they're testing how queer you are. Are Are you you queer enough? enough? And it's like, look, I do enough of that internally. Thank you very much. I don't need help from you. (laughs) Do you also worry though? Like, because I do that all the time and I do it always internally. And then when I... Another reason why I feel so weird banning people is like when I feel triggered, so much of it is because like I already do the horrible thing to myself that this person is trying to do to me. Mm. Like I already question myself at every angle. I already question my validity and my value. And so when somebody asks me a question, if I can frame it in a, hey, this person doesn't think you're valid, this person doesn't think you're gay, I automatically do that because I already feel that way about myself all of the time. And so whenever I do feel triggered by somebody, like whenever someone's questions are like really abrupt and they hurt me, like I just really need to stop for a second and be like, okay, is this what this person is saying? Is this what Mm. I'm interpreting that message as? And that's so hard to do sometimes. Are you putting that extra filter on of... You know, this is what I yeah. would say to myself. Therefore, is yeah. that why I'm hearing do that? Do they want me to justify? Yeah. yeah. Do they or want did me to they justify not? my gayness? Or do I want me to justify my gayness? Because mm. I'm still proving it to me. Like I can eat, I like, I can eat all kinds of people's bits. Like I can eat bits to the day I die. <laughs> They're all excellent. I still don't know if I'm going to prove to myself that I'm that gay. Yeah, you know, <laughs> like I still don't know if I'm going to get a proof to myself that like the way I feel is valid. Mm. God, it's so hard. I feel like, again, though, this comes back to that compulsory heterosexuality thing because you're quite trying to prove yeah. to yourself that you're not exactly. hetero like everybody thinks that you are. Exactly. So do you think um, in terms of allies, is there a role for them in all of this just to take a little bit of the edge off? Is there stuff that allies can do? think that to be an ally to any community that you're not a part of um is i think that there are certain elements and certain actions that you can take to be more of an ally to any community i don't think it's up to any i don't think it's up to any of us to say personally what we think an ally is because it like in you know the same way that people express their love differently for others in the same Mm. way that people have different um, languages for the way that they express their love for their partners other people see allyship in different ways as well but I think that to be an ally you need to be um, in my personal opinion um, shut up and let people talk if it's not your conversation Mm. 
Um, and that's really important to remember when you're trying to be an ally to the black community. And it's really important to remember when you're trying to be an ally to the trans community and the disabled community, like it's not your space. If it's not your community, it's your space to listen. Mm-hmm. Um, and if your talking is to then amplify the voice of somebody who is a part of that community, if you're yelling for that person because they can't yell, then that's allyship. But it's not your message that you need to be talking about. Yeah. It's what that community is trying to say. It's like it's important to try and like use your voice and use like your platform and your reach to not give your vision of it Mm. it's as an ally you are giving that vision and you're promoting out you know trying to help there and I've done but like beyond that I think that it's really important to like if you don't understand something and somebody comes to you and says oh hey I'm I don't know if you knew but I'm blah 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 if you don't know what it is, you'd be like, oh, cool. I don't, I'm, let me work out. That's great. That's awesome. Um, but I don't know, like, if you don't know the answer to something and if you don't know what's going on, then you just say, oh, okay. I am not familiar with that. So, um, like, I'd love to have a conversation with you about it, but like, that's great information for me to have. Cause I can go and figure out like what that is and come back to you. If you want to talk, like I'm here to do whatever you need me to do to make spaces more comfortable to make your life easier to make Mm. you feel more valid I think it's like being an ally is trying to do some of the hard work for people so like to be an ally to the disabled community means that I need to not go to venues that aren't disabled accessible and tell them that that's why I'm not going to those venues yeah like being an ally is taking a hit on small things that you take for granted that mm. that community doesn't get to take for granted i think the listening aspect just be a cool guy is just be a cool guy i think the listening aspect is really important so it's like i worked somewhere where for example they had a policy where uh for if you needed accessibility options to fill forms or whatever you needed something accessible um and their policy on it was say that you had dyslexia Now, I have dyslexia and my level of dyslexia is nowhere near what someone else's level of dyslexia is. We do not have the same needs in that respect. Uh, Their policy was basically, if you've got dyslexia, we will do X, Y, Z. Instead of saying, okay, what are your accessibility needs? Because to me, that is the first question. What is it that you need? Because some people... are dyslexic, what do you need? Yeah, some people might need a coloured page. Some people might need one of those underlying rulers, whatever. But the point is you can't give that to everybody and just assume that's what's going to help for them. (laughs) Because that's like to assume that everybody who is part of... Like to assume that any two people are the same is... Mm like so bigoted so why would you assume that everybody who is dyslexic has the same needs yeah you're absolutely right you've got to listen like you (laughs) you just need to listen just listen listen and take positive action where you can yeah i mean i I see it from the perspective sorry go on go on i was just gonna say i think as well it's when you're being an ally i think it's important not to see yourself as like a hero or to save things sometimes people just want to talk to you and like i I don't need you to solve, like, I don't need a straight person to solve my inherently gay problem. I might just want to talk to you about it so that you understand where I'm coming from. Yeah, yeah. 
Hundred percent. Sometimes it's just about getting the rant out in it. Yeah, or like letting someone know, like, oh, hey, have you like, did you know that this is an experience that other people have? Mm. Bye. <laughs> uh pk says for me being an ally is using your privilege to help level any given playing field because you can and not make it about you exactly i was gonna say that um i see it from the perspective of the trans community because i am cis and i'm fully aware that i am cis and therefore will not understand what the trans community has to go through Yet I see the absolute garbage rhetoric that goes on on Twitter and all the horrible shit that they have to put up with from people. Um, so yeah. from my perspective, it's like I would rather listen to what the trans community is saying is offensive to them and the, them, the stuff that upsets them and then relaying that rather than sat and they're going, well, you, you should do X, Y, Z. Because it's like if they're telling you it's transphobic and you're a cis person going, no, it's not transphobic. I'm just making a joke or whatever. Yeah, that's not your call. That's not your that. call. Um, that's exactly how yeah. I look at it. I just I feel like saying, well, look, my trans friends are saying that's a problem. Maybe stop fucking yeah. doing that because they've told you it's a problem. Yeah. If someone's telling you that something is racist, you don't get mm. to turn around and be like, no, it's not. You As a white like, person, oh, really I don't find it yeah. racist. Yeah. It doesn't work. Not your friends. You can't do that. You can't do that. You just look like a dick and you're wrong. <laughs> you do sound like a dick. I think that's the problem. Yeah, you sound like a huge dick. <laughs> and not in the good way. No, not in the good way. <laughs> so I want some homework from you then, Floss. Have you got any queer media recommendations that I should be educating myself with? Oh, I don't know if I have any recommendations for education. So I am... Or just nice, nice representation when not all the gays die. Yeah. That would be a start. Yeah. <laughs> it's been really... So I'm not the kind of person that, like, um, for working out my gayness, I'm not the kind of person who's been looking at resources um, and things like that. I've just been, like blindly wandering through picking <laughs> random shit up that I like um so there's um a non-binary musician called um Shamir okay. um, who I believe is I believe makes music from uh, is based in America um but he likes to use he him pronouns because he personally doesn't like they them singular use which is his prerogative to do because he can choose his pronouns but he mm -hmm. does identify as non-binary um, and his music is just fucking banging. Like, it's amazing. He's got, like, absolute belter hits. And he's also got, like, beautiful ballads. And his voice is, like, really gorgeous. And he's just, like, so creative and wonderful and gay. <laughs> and I like him. <laughs> he's wonderful and creative and gay. It sounds like my cup of tea. Yeah. <laughs> he's just, like, yeah, he's, like, weird and just makes some nice stuff. I mean, I don't know whether it's – it's just, like, a nice – it's just a nice musician, really. Mm. I mean, well, the thing is, I want to find more LGBT plus media in general anyway. Hmm. Like, do you find that, think he's... have there been people that you've seen representation in that helped you while you were figuring stuff out? No. Okay. The thing that's helped me is finding people who will accept my changing journey i don't really so like most of the music i listen to was made in the 80s 
I don't have a television. Like I watch people stream <laughs> Twitch and then I just hang out with my dog. Like I don't, I don't spend very much time on media. Like I mostly really enjoy seeing like more fat people in like television mm. and seeing more beautiful fat people in ads. And like, if I go shopping, I can see somebody who is the same shape as me or a different shape to me, but in a positive way, Yeah, that makes me feel better in my body because I think, oh my God, just very quickly. Um, a very, another thing that's really hard in the same way that um, a compulsory heterosexuality makes everything different is that I don't know what is body dysmorphia um, and what is fat phobia for me. So like, I don't know whether I feel uncomfortable in my body because I don't like how feminine it is sometimes or if I'm uncomfortable in my body because people keep telling me that I'm not small enough. Wow. So that helps. Mm. But I, I don't really have any media or anything that's helped me with my um, journey into finding my gayness because I don't think that I don't think that I'm just the kind, I don't think that I'm the kind of personality that responds well to that kind of learning. Mm. I'm sort of more of a hands-on experience kind of learning. So I've, I've taken more solace in the fact that I've met beautiful people who like mm. hold my hand and give me a hug and be like, yeah, fucking do it. You dumb yeah. bitch. Like, it's great. I love it. Yeah. Like that's what I've taken. Solace it's in. funny. You went down the sort of fat phobia route in that, like I literally yesterday I saw this thing on Instagram that was like expectation reality type stuff. And it was all about showing the oh. Photoshop model and yeah. almost all of these women who were tiny, like really, really thin. All of them had that little like pot belly thing happening. Like, I yeah. think that's more normal than my brain thinks it is because it's like I look at myself and go, oh, God, that's just, it's, it's like the rest of me I'm happy with. But that not so much and then you look at these pictures of women who have been photoshopped and you feel like oh or maybe they all look the same like it's not a real woman that you're showing me at all <laughs> yeah 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 the thing that everyone expects me to have isn't actually attainable mm. you know um but because i have in many situations i have a negative like I have negative connotations to people using she, her pronouns for me in certain ways and in certain tones, because it reminds me of like just the first 29 years of my life. Um, in that same way, I don't know whether I hate my boobs because I don't want them to be there mm. or do I hate my boobs because I've had issues with tumors before, or do I hate my boobs because they're not the right shape that they should be? Like, it's so difficult. And I, re I, sh I really shouldn't use that language. I shouldn't say hate. And like, this is the thing I catch myself doing these things and realize, oh my gosh, someone is listening to me saying this. And I don't want to be saying this to somebody else. So why am I saying it to me? I feel, I just don't know where my uncomfortable feelings are based. So I can't, I don't know how to approach them, mm. you know? Is that something that you think you can work through? Is that just a time thing? Oh, I think, I think everything, everything will be worked through. Everything will change. Like everything's going to find its place eventually. Um, but I don't think anything finds a place and finds its place unless you ask those questions. 
Mm. So like, it's something that I'm thinking, I think it's meant like I originally would look at my belly and be like, gross. But now I'm looking at my belly and being like, oh, okay. One, you're wrong. But two, where are those feelings coming from? Do you feel that way because like you feel like you potentially might look pregnant and you don't want to look pregnant because you don't want people to think that you have a womb because you don't want to be associated with that gender? Mm. Or do you not like your belly because you don't want people to think that you're not stick thin because I don't expect anybody to be stick thin and like I would never have those thoughts about somebody else so why am I thinking about those about myself like if I hadn't started asking that question and wondering whether it's body dysmorphia gender dysmorphia or just something that like everybody deals with and Mm. has to go through um I have to the more I ask that question the closer I'll be to having the answer yeah I mean, it's literally that, isn't it? What helped me was this idea that I would never talk to somebody else the way I talk to myself. Not once, because it's just, it's an awful way to talk to yourself. Um, I I also want to say, can can we stop normalising, and this comes to older women in particular, stop normalising older women asking other women if they're pregnant. Yeah. Because when I was a stone heavier, it happened on three occasions and every time it made me feel like garbage. Because it was like, well, you've got a bit of a belly, therefore you must be pregnant. Like I went to London for a work trip and I was in a lift with a woman who went, oh, yes, it's an awfully long journey in your condition. And I was like, I I said I I wasn't pregnant, but it was like I felt bad that I'd made her feel bad because it was like, and you just feel like, no, really, fuck off. Stop asking me that question. Yeah. Even if somebody is pregnant as well, Mm. not everybody is happy to be pregnant. Exactly. You've got no idea what's like, going on. Talking. Yeah, stop talking about other people's bodies. Just stop it. It's so unnecessary and it never makes anybody feel like I've never, ever had a compliment about my body that hasn't made me feel unsafe. Mm. Ever. 100%. Ever. Mm. It doesn't matter whether you're saying, oh, you've got fucking nice skin why do you want to wear it like i just can't i can't i can't possibly think of a way that if like a compliment on my flesh sack isn't going to make me feel (laughs) unsafe but i think that that might have a lot to do as well with like my experience of growing up um being socialized as female and therefore facing the you know harassment abuse that comes with that unfortunately Mm -hmm. that I just never feel safe when anybody makes a comment on my body because I know from experience what it's like when they try and take that when you don't want them to and so like it's just just stop commenting on other people's bodies Mm. ever unless somebody has said to you oh hey um do you like my tits you can be like yeah good great are my tits looking good today in that Option yeah. only. Yeah. Are you allowed to respond? Yeah. Every day. You look fantastic. <laughs> yeah, that option only. And when my new roommate said that I had an ass like a dump truck, that was fantastic. <laughs> and I really enjoyed that experience. But that's the only time I've had a compliment on my flesh sack from a stranger that I was comfortable with. Yeah. But I do live with them. I don't know. Yeah, you've got a, you've got a relationship built up there, which I think is fine. Yeah. <laughs> 
I've been telling everybody that. I think almost everyone in your chat has already told, like, heard me say that how excited I was to have somebody tell me that I had an ass like a dump truck. I mean, it's something we all want to work towards, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> all right. I was going to ask you your slay of the day, but I think you've—is that the same person that you used for your media recommendation? Or was it a different person? I think if there's anybody else. My slay of the day would be uh, Richard Energy, who is a fantastic drag king, <gasps> London's premier drag king, Richard Energy. Um, his Instagram is Big Ricky Energy. He's amazing. Um, his partner streams. He is so great. And he's like funny. And I think he's in the middle of a competition as well. So maybe I should have flipped that. Maybe my media recommendation should be um, Richard Energy, Big Ricky Energy, and maybe my slay of the day should be um, Shamir. Okay, I I love Big Big Richie Energy. That's superb. I love big it. Big Ricky, yeah, it's really good. <laughs> um, so where can people find you, Flossie? Um, you can find me on Twitch, uh, Flossie with three S's. Twitch.tv forward slash Flossie with three S's. Um, on Instagram, Flossie's Custom Warehouse. There's Flossie's Custom Warehouse, the website for merch and shit um whiskey has an instagram it's whiskey von crumb oh my god if you like the little noodle boy i did not know whiskey had an insta i will be getting straight on that Mm. after this yeah very good um otherwise yeah i mean you can generally find me in other people's chats really (laughs) throwing people out as a mod yeah, just being a horrible nuisance. Yeah, why not? <laughs> I've got people I say are my favourite trolls. It's fine. Um, is, there anything, <laughs> is there anything else you want to promote, Floss? Um, yes, I would like to promote our um, friend Rubbertron's 50-hour uh, stream, which is happening next weekend, which is using to um, raise money for um, all kinds of different fantastic causes. Um, so please go and have a look at Rubbertron's Twitch. Uh, sorry, uh, Twitter, um, and he's got all details on there. He's updating his schedule there. It's next weekend. It's a 50-hour stream, and it's wow. very, very important that you um, go and have a look and get involved if you can, and then if you can't get involved monetarily, then get involved with the vibe. Um, and for <laughs> anybody who makes a £20 donation, if you tweet me your receipt, I will draw you a bad portrait and post it to you within the mainland UK. So it's a way you can get a cheap commission from me as well. Yeah, and I've seen your art. It's incredible. thank you (laughs) well thank you so much for talking to me today Floss it was so so enlightening to be honest and I will catch up with you very very soon thank you lovely thank you Jen there we have it that was our Flossie just a wonderful open loving human being and it's a pleasure to talk to them they didn't mention this during the podcast because at the time it wasn't a thing but quite excitingly Both Floss and Richard Energy, who they mention in the podcast, now have a podcast. (laughs) I know, right? So they're recording theirs over on twitch.tv slash strangestrangerspod, or one word. And that's about two strangers talking about all the good things that come with finding themselves in their 30s. And it is an absolute delight. We will be back next week with somebody else who I am absolutely sure you're going to fall in love with. No spoilers. No spoiled answers. (laughs) I do still do comedy, I promise. See you next week, my friends. Until then, stay not straight. Bye.
Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volur XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you.